Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody? It's Joel LaPuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. I am, as always, with my guys. First off, Matt Welty. How's everyone doing? How you doing, buddy? Allergies still in the mix? I took uh, a multiple allergy pills just in case. You're healthy? I took them as a precaution. All right, Love good that. to see you back. And of course, we have Brendan Dunn. I'm here. Is that a new crib? So here's the thing. I think I did mention I do have a new crib, but I'm in a different crib now because I'm dog sitting for a friend. So I'm basically oh, okay. recording from a different environment every single week, but I am here and that's what's important. Okay, switching it up, keeping us guessing. How are we doing? How's the week been? How was the long holiday weekend for us? What's going on with you guys? I was so damn busy, man. I've been looking for furniture, you know, trying to shop around, figure out what's going in the crib. Like I said, I need a nice tasteful chair to sit on top of the Persian rug. So if anybody has any recommendations, let me know. Vintage Eames chair? Maybe. Uh, the couriers just delivered my bed today, so I will not be sleeping on the floor anymore, which I am very happy to announce that. Are you sleeping at home, or are you dog-sitting during the day, or what? Um, I'm dog-sitting during the day, and I need to. the dog needs some emotional support during the night as well, so I'll be here. We all do. We all do. What's that fee looking like? Yeah, what's the rate? This is a good friend. Complimentary. One of my first jobs was a dog-walking business one summer you started the business yourself it was your own business yes it was just me i had around five clients my main client <laughs> was a black lab and it didn't last that long but it was a job for the summer what i really want to know the important question about it all is what sneakers were you wearing to walk the dogs in? Oof, i wouldn't even know back then what year was this this had to be early high school. What would I be wearing? I don't even know what I would be wearing. To Probably some old track sneakers, honestly. Some beat-up track sneakers to walk the dog around the neighborhood. But it was a business that never panned out, and then I went. In, I started to go into sneakers. and it. You took the right fork in the road. Exactly. Kids today have it so easy. They have a dedicated dog-walking shoe, the SB Dunk, right? So if only that was around back then. Brendan, what was your first, what was your first job? So... This is a little bit of a difficult question to answer because I worked in my stepdad's record store a lot growing up. Digging through the crates? So we were always there hanging out and and kind of working in an informal way. So I guess that was my first job. But the first job that I actually went out and applied for and got was uh, landscaping. So I mowed lawns quite a bit during the summers in high school. Well, to you. Growing up, my dad had like uh, he worked in a company that like staffed uh, nursing homes so my first job when I was a freshman in high school was working in the laundry of a, of a nursing home, separating the already washed 
sheets. I wasn't old enough to put the soiled sheets into the into the right. washing machine, which was a which was a godsend. But just folding clean sheets um, was my first job. All right. Well. So how does your bed look now? Can you bounce a quarter on it? You use those tools that you learned yeah. in the first job for for the apartment in Jersey. Okay, let's switch gears a little bit. Sneaker news. One thing I wanted to talk about, I think that we got pretty good feedback from our sneaker of the summer conversation, but for the audience to know, after we recorded and we were listening to the edit, Matt Welty brought up like, oh man, we didn't mention the New Balance 327. And we were going to potentially re-record a segment on it because we do think it was a substantial sneaker of the summer. And we ended up not recording it and not mentioning it in the podcast and sure enough a lot of mentions this weekend if you Mm -hmm. guys checked the new balance 327 was brought up so i think it was fair in the sense where when we talked about our previous criteria saying a shoe that people were actually wearing the new balance 327 aside from hype pairs like casablanca and concepts were shoes that people could actually get and you saw quite a bit of just you know just it's just regular sneaker wear on it so i think that that kind of actually more so than even some of the shoes we talked about kind of fit yeah. fit the mark a little bit for a sneaker of the summer you actually saw it out in the wild a bit yeah yeah so definitely that was maybe an omission by us and the you guys the listeners definitely pointed that out and good on you guys we appreciate the feedback yeah definitely can we talk about a bit of um tangentially related uh sneaker news that i'm seeing all over my uh, twitter timeline right now Please go for it. Is uh, everyone's going and getting their uh, Travis Scott Happy Meals? They are getting their Travis Scott Happy Meals. Are you hitting McDonald's this evening? No, don't eat fast food. So okay, um, you want any fast food? Not even a nostalgic one from your childhood. Once in a while, but it's always. I feel what would it be? Uh, not from. I don't know if it's from the childhood, but I think my go-to would be a McDonald's double quarter pounder with cheese. I think is probably one of the better things that you can get. You know, in France, they don't call it that. They call it the, is it the Royale with cheese? Is that what it is? There we go. I uh, got it. Okay. Shout out to all my film heads listening. You know from experience? I've been around. I've had McDonald's in Tokyo before. How was it? It was good. Was there a secret menu item or anything like that? Some some rare promotion? It was a little different. I was a little overwhelmed, so I don't remember precisely, but it definitely was a little different. I feel like that's definitely the move when you, when you travel internationally. Just go to the McDonald's and see what weird menu that, that you can find. Like, I remember going to France and they had like cheese fries with bacon, something you would never get in Oof. the States. And you're like, wow. Also, don't forget, I'm, I'm pretty sure we've been there on this podcast before, but the infamous Malaysia trip, Wealthy and myself about a year ago, we did hit the McDonald's. Oh, I forgot for about Nasi that. Lamak, and it was super subpar. Don't get Nasi Lamak from McDonald's. We were at the Sneaker Law event and we took a break from kissing babies and shaking hands and i think we went Holy to Mc- went to mcdonald's and we just ordered like five different things just so we could split it all and some of it was good brendan some of it wasn't so great it was just uh it was an experience though but so we're all getting the travis scott meal is that <laughs> i don't think so also i can't keep track of what it is what is it different packaging wrapping i know there's a toy, there's a toy right some people said they weren't getting the toy is that true is that do all meals come with the toy we'd have to investigate joe you know if you eat Five Travis Scott meals in under an hour, he'll come on sneaker, sneaker shopping. Sneaker shopping. It's, it's, proven, <laughs> it's, proven, it's proven science. All right. Line them up then. Speaking of lining up, I still don't know if my barber, Benny, is back at Astor Place. I went there about a month ago to finally get my first haircut of the quarantine. Really, really took everything off. 
another guy took care of me. I did cheat on my barber. But when I asked them then, they said Benny was still absent. He had a surgery or something like that. I don't know about his health. So I, I, I think I'm going to go this coming weekend and try and check in because, I, you know, I need to get back to normal. I need to shit. I'm doing haircuts every two weeks now. I've decided. Really? That's You're it. back on That's the schedule. It. I just have to. Made Man Barbershop in the city, the best barbershop. Been going to the same guy, Sam, the owner, for four years at this point. This is not an ad, but let me tell you. Tell it was, I think it was three and a half to four weeks. This is not counting quarantine. Mm-hmm. But during the year, during everything being regular, it was three and a half to four weeks. I'm doing two weeks going forward because... That's what we need to be doing. I would not have been surprised if Joe LaPuma got his hair cut in a salon. Didn't he say that he was in Long Island a couple weeks ago? No. Here's a story. Not a couple weeks. I think we mentioned this. Didn't we mention this on the podcast when I was little? I believe, but it bears repeating. Okay. The mall that I worked in, the South Shore Mall, there was a place called the Unisex Palace. That's where I used to get my uh, hair cut for years, (laughs) for years. It was called the Unisex uh, Palace? The Unisex Palace. That's what it was. So I've graduated later in my life to a barber, and it's a lot different. Were you on Long Island for Labor Day weekend? I was on Long Island for Labor Day weekend, and here's a story. Do you guys have the Complex Sneakers dad hat? Uh, yes. I think I have it somewhere, but dad hats do not fit my gigantic head, okay. so it's really, I don't get to wear it. We need to release these, but I was so bored this weekend. I almost went to Lids and put JLP and script on the side of the Complex Sneakers <laughs> podcast hat. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Um, I did some Yankee fitteds, but I was going to do that, and I still may do it. But that's kind of how bored I was on uh, Saturday. So support you. It looked like Welty was having a good time. Welty, can you tell us about your weekend? Yeah, uh, you know, gets mentioned many times on the podcast, but a good friend of mine, PG, he uh, I went to uh, his uncle's uh, house down the shore in uh, Asbury Park, New Jersey. his whole family and uh, some friends, and it was nice to be down the Jersey Shore. I haven't been in a few years. Reminded me of being a kid a little bit, but you know, walking on the boardwalk and was it populated? Were people out and about? Did it feel the same? Um, there were people out and about. I didn't go on the actual beach. The beach was actually kind of crowded, which I wasn't uh, expecting. Although it is Labor Day weekend, it wasn't as crowded as you would have been. You weren't doing push-ups in the sand. Atlas man over here kicking sand in people's faces. You have to pay to go on the beach in New Jersey and just to go on what? that for a minute. Yeah, you have to get a beach badge. Oh. All right, so that sounds like a really fun time with PG. Yeah, uh, there was a, I sent Joe a picture. Uh, there was just driving around, kind of crazy. Yep. Just, uh, as we'd say, little different. There's just happens to be a random pair of Got That White Air Force Ones. The Got That White Air Force Ones riding passenger and told you to get in the back, PG? It's like, it's like, it's like the shoes are worth more than the car sort of situation. <laughs> I got to ask this about Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How does he have so many scars Air Force Ones? I know he's like the biggest Air Force One collector around, and he's selling a lot of stuff for a lot of people. Every other day I see this guy posting fucking in a full-size run, no pun intended. Explain this to me. I don't know. I know that those shoes are going for what, like six, seven, ten thousand $10,000 a pair? Um, I don't know if all of them are his, so I don't want to say, but I mean, he posted it on Instagram, so he has, he has a lot of pairs, and maybe he'll let you get a pair, Brendan. I know you got money now. Next piece of news we got to talk about, P.J. Tucker getting his own Nike Kobe 5 Pro Tro PE. And there was a lot of discussion last week in the complex sneaker slack online sometimes. People will like tweet his stats and things like that. If you know basketball, you know that P.J. is one of the most important role players in the league. And then there were some people who agreed with us in the slack. And then we saw game one, Rockets, Lakers, P.J. with the lock 
down defense on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And then the Twitter fodder took a turn. Everyone saying he locked down two of the best players in the NBA. There was other players tweeting about PJ. So I'm glad that people finally gave PJ the respect. If you know, you know. And now, two days later or so, he announces that he's getting his own PE, the Kobe 5 Pro Tro. What do you guys think about that? Are they going to release? Yeah, I think those are releasing at the end of this month. I can't imagine that it's going to be uh, tons of pairs. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like a GR sneaker. So now Keep it special. We, we don't need 100,000 units of every single colorway that comes out. Although people are going to get mad. People are always going to get mad. Have you guys heard of this store called Spicy Action on Broadway? No. Yeah. Spicy action is the What classic. is the deal, Don? What is the deal? Are, are people like going crazy there right now? I've seen multiple people in the past couple months, not even weeks, couple months, just Instagramming a chaotic collection yeah. of sneakers. And I'm like, what is this? And no one's saying where it is. Here's the thing. That's exactly what you do with spicy action. Spicy action is the store. So old school mom and pop type store have a lot of dead stock, a lot of old random stuff. Spicy Action is a store that you go to and you take a photo and you don't tag it to pretend like you know about this super hidden location that is super underground. And if you know, you know, et cetera. Mostly people just go there so they can pretend like they know where some hidden sneaker stash is. It's not hidden. It's not a secret. It is Spicy Action on Broadway in Brooklyn. And you should go. Oh, oh, I've heard about this. You know the spot. And I've heard that the owner's kind of like a dick and won't sell you anything like anyways. So it's like people are going there and they're not even buying stuff and all the good stuff was bought years ago is that true because i i'm really enticed to go there so let's go okay you want to do it for real yeah uh uber black can you pick me up absolutely with the distancing we do actually uber suv okay black i appreciate that all right a lot of sneaker talk but let's get to this week's guest on the podcast Our guest on today's podcast has been with New Balance for over six years. During his tenure at the brand, he has worked his way up from assistant product manager to the senior manager of global collaborations and energy. What that means outside of LinkedIn speak is that he's a driving force behind your favorite New Balance collaborations with notable designers like Jound, Joe Freshgoods, Ronnie Feig, Teddy Santis, and more. On the heels of our episode last week and the huge momentum New Balance has had in the past year, we welcome to the podcast Joe Grondon. Welcome, man. How are you? What's up, guys? Doing well. Last week's episode, we had sneaker of the sneaker of the summer, I should say. There was a lot of New Balance talk, and even this week, you have another collaboration that people are talking about, and it seems like it's been nonstop for especially the summer, but basically a year. So we wanted to chop it up with you and get your feelings on how it feels to be right in the moment of what's going on with the brand. For sure. Yeah, Joe, I think going back a little bit to how did you end up at New Balance? What was your first entry point into the sneaker industry? So my brother has been a designer at New Balance for like 17 years now. Um, oh, wow. He's designed like all the baseball cleats. He's done all the collage shoes. So he's on the field of play side. Um, but when I was a junior in college, I did an internship for um, Warrior Sports, which is, I don't know if you guys are familiar, it's like a lacrosse hockey brand yeah 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 so new balance new balance actually owns them and at the okay. time the warrior sports team was doing cleated lacrosse product it was the same team that was doing new balance baseball so i got in as just like a marketing intern for that team because that was what my brother was working on mm-hmm. um so i did that for a summer and then i kind of finessed being able to work uh one day a week my whole senior year with them 
just to kind of keep that going. And then I got a, like they made a position for an assistant product manager right when I graduated. And what does that mean, assistant product manager? So essentially for every product that's created, there's essentially like a triad of people, right? So you have a product manager, a developer, and a designer. So the product manager essentially is responsible for knowing the market the best. They're responsible for briefing all the product into design development. One of the best kind of analogies I've heard to describe it, it's like kind of like the quarterback of the team. So Mm -hmm. you have the developer that's like the lineman kind of doing all the dirty work, doesn't get much credit. You have the designer that's more that kind of like skill player, receiver, running back type. And then you have the, the kind of quarterback of the team, which is the product manager that makes all the final calls, has to talk to everyone outside of the product creation process, like merchandising and whatnot. So they're really kind of owning a product line and managing it, everything from price point to margin to consumer uh, and whatnot. So at the time for Warrior, I was working on like cleated product, which is awesome because I got to learn the whole kind of process of developing a totally new shoe, especially like true performance product that has to perform, like doing all that testing and seeing all that upfront right. on my first product job, I think was super important, but I knew nothing about lacrosse to be completely, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. I played a year in high school. You never on the lax team? I played a year in high school, freshman year. I was more of a football, basketball player. Well, he said he know nothing, but you were on the team, man. Come on. <laughs> the one year I played, I dyed the lacrosse head. Wasn't that like a trend to dye the, the lacrosse head? So the, no, the not the net. Oh, the net. That, yeah. It was it was the actual stick, and I dyed it Italian colors, and it said like JLP <laughs> on it. So I played one year. I was terrible, but I did have um, had the freshest stick on the squad. Yeah, I had the dyed stick, so it's funny. But Amazing. Warrior, I remember Warrior being like massive, certified yeah. lax bro in the house. Then right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're pretty big. They're like the top lacrosse brand and hockey brand right now with regards to like hard goods. I remember the helmet. Yeah. Didn't they like reinvent the lacrosse helmet? They did. You know, bro. Yeah. So I remember <laughs> it was always like this chunky cage. Like it, it looked like you were an offensive lineman and then Warrior came in and it was like this slick, yeah, slick helmet. So that's how I remember. Yeah, that's awesome. We really kicked this thing off with a football metaphor that I did not understand. And then we went right to lacrosse, which I yeah. definitely don't understand. We are off the rails right now. Yeah, but I love it. Yeah, that's the best metaphor I've heard to describe the product manager role. Uh, people definitely get confused right when you say that. But yeah, so essentially I did that for a little over a year. And then um, at the time, my boss at the time was coming over to New Balance to start the like a new product category which was called sports style at the time. So it was kind of the first time that we were creating new contemporary lifestyle product that wasn't classic running. So he, he went to go do that. And then a couple months later, he took me with him onto the new bounce side and lifestyle, which is where I wanted to be. Anyways, that was the end goal. So that happened like a year and a couple months into it. That was like a whole new, like undertaking for new balance as a whole, just creating this product lane that wasn't there. So we had a really global team, which was, really interesting. So we had a product manager in the UK, who's actually now my boss. Um, We had a product manager in Tokyo and then um, two in the US. So it was very like, I went from like the most regionalized sport to like a huge global business really quickly, but learning how all the, like the nuances between all the regional Mm -hmm. stuff was like, obviously super important to figuring out this landscape. Were you a huge sneaker guy like growing up? I was. 
but I wore, <laughs> I wore a lot of New Balance. Uh, Did so you? It was like, That's what I was wondering. <laughs> He's just saying that because the PR people are listening. Come on, Joe. You seem like a young guy, and New Balance to me, and we'll get into this later, is such a legacy brand. So you were a New Balance guy coming up. Yeah, talk about that. Well, yeah, it was mostly because my brother was working there, and I was Got it. and I was sample size for like most of my life. Did you just have unlimited access to every rare New Balance sample there was? Yeah, so it was like. It was like a thing that I was like the kid wearing New Balance in middle school and high school and no one else was. But yeah, I mean, I have my fair share of like Nike product and whatnot, but more so when I was younger, like middle school, like running shoes and whatnot. Like I remember having shocks and okay. and all of that. Were you getting anything really special or rare from your brother? Yeah. So he, he actually worked on lifestyle for a couple of years. So like a lot of that like 580 stuff that used to be in Japan, yeah. yes. like they used to try to like always get that, like the really colorful. All those Stussy, Real Mad Hectic, yes. MT 580s yes. and things like that. I so, love all that stuff. Yeah, I definitely had a few of those. Um, Gore-Tex 580s. Yep. 580 was like my favorite shoe at the time. I used to like, that's what I would go for. Were you going to the Lawrence factory and scoring shoes? Was that a thing? Yeah, that was definitely a thing. So like whenever I would go see my brother, it was always like, all right, let's. Like, this is cool. Let's get out of the factory. Let me, let me see what they got. That's where you find all the gems, really. Is this stuff that never came out? Yeah, or, like, stuff they made too much of, or it's, it's whatever. And it's free? No, just, like, on clearance, and you get the employee discount. So it's, like, essentially... 20 bucks a pair or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And then was this around high school, and were you putting, like, classmates up on, like, these are some rare, rare stuff? What was it like? Did anyone know besides you and, like, your brother, or what? I definitely tried to put some people on. I definitely got clowned a bunch too. Like, okay. Cause like it's high school and kids like they yeah. can't see past, they can't see past Nike and athletes and what's in front of their face. Right. So, um, it was definitely different. I tried to put people on, but especially, I remember like going into college and bringing like, I don't know, like 30 pairs of shoes or something into like my freshman dorm and these kids who I've never met before, like, what is this kid doing? Like bringing yep. all these new balance shoes into <laughs> yep. like this one room that's, four of us are staying in now it, it makes a little more sense to them i remember like yeah, yeah, i remember yeah. even in college i remember people making fun of me over the de la soul high nike sbs and it's like you guys oh, just wow. didn't understand it you know and i'm yeah. sure all the rare new balances i'm sure it was quite similar for you yeah for sure did you use that lens of thinking that new balance was cooler or being into the cooler new balance stuff when you were growing up to your job now where you're kind of like assigned to make new balance cool was that was that like helpful for you in, in what you're doing yeah i think it was helpful just to like learn all the all the numbers and like the and the styles and kind of like where they came from and whatnot like i remember growing up it was all about the 500 series and the 800 series so like I was, I was actually going through old pictures at my parents' house like last weekend and I'm wearing like all these old 801, 802, 803 uh, styles like for my first day of school pictures, which are just like completely relevant now. So I was like, yep. and then there was a picture that um, trainer spotting, they posted yep. the picture of Beyonce wearing the, like I think it was an 803, which I've never seen before, which is a crazy photo. And I was like, yes, I had these like on my first day of school in third grade. I think you sent me the 801s. 
Yeah, probably. I used to wear so many 801s and 802s. Like, I remember there was like a just a Navy at the finish line, Welty, I'm yeah. not sure, Foot Locker had them. So many 802s on the shelf when I worked there, and it was like navy and gray. Then there was like this bark tree colorway that yeah. I wore probably my junior year, like every single day. But 802s, 801s, such a classic, classic New Balance. Yeah, that was a huge, huge shoe for Foot Locker, actually, when it came out back then. It was like... A, I think it was like their first million pair shoe for New Balance or something. Really? They yeah. sold a million pairs of those? Yeah, it was like a crazy. So like when we brought it back, the the Foot Locker rep is still there today, and he's like, "We can, <laughs> like, it's back again. Like, let's do it again." I'm like, nah, I get another it. million. Book we it got to be a little yeah. easy on this. Just to jump to the meat of it all to get into the spicy conversation, you said things he sent you. Can can Joe get sent the Jown nine nine twos? I feel like that's been the whole conversation. Oh. Now. <laughs> Wait, first of all, first that's, that's of the whole all, conversation we've been having about New Balance. So can we just catch the chase? No, but what did we say when we were trying to book for the uh, podcast? I said, oh, this guy's Italian, Joe Grandino. And Welty's like, that's not his last name. I was like, what do you mean? It says the Instagram is Grandino. That is Italian. It's like, uh, I am Italian. Not, I am Italian. Not quite, but he is Italian. But I'm, yes. My so. mom's side is Sarni. Okay. So, yeah. I'm more Italian than French, which my name is, so. Yeah, but I see a lot of those Jowns. Those are all over the place, and I see the tag. You get tagged a lot in those. I didn't personally send those out, so sorry if any of you guys right. didn't get them, but <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll figure out the seating list. All right. Post-call. Post yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, you work your way up. Is there a moment that even doing sneaker shopping, even with young, young artists, a lot of them, we'd be on set and we would be talking and even like a little Uzi Vert or someone like that would bring up like, you know, New Balance is what we wore back in the day and things like that. Did you see during your time it bubbling into this cool guy staple and the momentum going that way to what we see in current day? Yeah, for sure. I think it was the first year I went to Paris for Fashion Week. I want to say it was like maybe early 2018. and. Okay. Everyone was just wearing gray 990s. We were like, all right, something is like it was already kind of happening, but that was like the in person, like proof validation point. And we were like, all right, we definitely got something here. Yeah, that's when I first remember. I remember coming back from that and then talking to like a bunch of the retailers and brands or whatnot. I think it was the time when like Yeezy was everywhere. And then the cool guys were getting off of it a tiny bit. And it was like, there was so much coming out every week and people just wanted like that clean, easy kind of staple. And that was the time. So I think it was like beginning of 2018 was when we really saw like this had potential to be a lot bigger, which is why we started putting some of these test projects in the market on the 990. Do you feel like you flipped the switch around then? Because Joe, we've talked about this between you and me. I know that New Balance kind of changed its strategy around who it wanted to work with and what kind of projects it wanted to make in terms of a higher level pop culture conversation. Yeah, 100%. We flipped it like completely. What was that new strategy? So essentially, there was no one managing collaborations from like a global okay. standpoint at New Balance, mm -hmm. right? So it was all like, it was like everyone's part-time job. If you were like a product manager on Classics or if you were a product manager on Made in US or like what I was doing, I was, I was managing a lot of the outdoor product at the time, like the outdoor lifestyle stuff in 2017 and whatnot. So if you managed that product and you kind of knew someone or reached out or you, you were trying to push that, you would set up a collaboration and it was very regional, very retailer based. With the way the market was going, we knew that we had to evolve and figure it out. So 
I was living in Japan for a bit in 2017. Mm-hmm. Working um, for New Balance. Working for New Balance, yeah. So they sent me to Japan for six months. And our VP of lifestyle at the time was a Japanese guy, Shinichi, who I got really close with when I was over there. He was the only VP at the time that wasn't sitting in the Boston office. I put together just like a strategy of what I thought we should be doing. And I was like, can I run this? And he was like, yeah, go ahead, let's do it. So we kind of just like let me manage it from a very global kind of standpoint. And then the strategy changed from a retailer-based strategy to a, to a brand-to-brand strategy where- What were those brands you wanted to go after right away? I definitely had ALD on the list, like mm-hmm. from the outset. That took a while to kind of get going, but they were definitely there. Did that come from you visiting like the store and seeing like, you know, Mulberry Street or just a fan of Teddy's brand? Yeah, I was just a fan of the brand in general. And then I got introduced to him through Ronnie okay. and that kind of worked itself out after a few months of going back and forth with him and him saying no multiple times. What was um, he saying no to? Just <laughs> didn't want to do a sneaker? Yeah. Early 2018, we pitched him an X90, which was a new silhouette we were coming out at the time, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and then a 997 following that, and he just didn't want to do a new shoe. I also learned a lot there was like, you just like really can't force silhouettes on people. Like it has to be natural for it to work. But we kind of went back and forth and he said no. And then he was talking, I believe he was talking to Nike at the time. Mm-hmm. And then Ronnie came to visit us in the office. We were working on a 997 project in 2018. I was like, yeah, what's going on with Ted? And, and Nike's like, oh, it fell through. Like nothing's happening. I was like, oh, word. So I emailed him again, like this long email and was like, uh, just one more shot. Like, I think this could be really good. Like, we can, we can start with the main USA shoe. And one night he's like, fuck it, let's do it. You scooped Teddy Santis and Emilio Dor from Nike. Is that what you're telling me? No, I don't think it was a scoop from Nike, but he definitely was having conversations. And that's why our conversations ended. Worked out though. Yeah. Was it crazy for you to then see, like, I feel like the ALD was not that there hasn't been big New Balance shoes before, but that was kind of the first one where, like, there was a line outside the store in New York. And I know you were there, like, posting from the inside of the store, like, the NYPD had to shut the release down. Was that crazy for you to see a New Balance drop that that happened, something you worked on? Yeah. I mean, I never thought we were going to, like, shut down a street, it's like, launching a New Balance. That's for sure. Do you like to see that? Because I know brands, uh, 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 their official I mean, stance, maybe you have to give me the official stance, but they don't ever want to see chaos for their shoes. But surely you have to feel like you did something right. Yeah, I mean, it sucked that we had to like shut the whole thing down because people traveled everywhere for that. And we were talking to people online and it was super smooth, like and right until when it started and a bunch of punks kind of broke it up. So it, it was kind of like disheartening to see everyone that traveled not being able to get a pair and all that. But yeah, I mean, anytime police are shutting something down, I think. Good or bad? There's a good. There's some good energy there. <laughs> Got you. Mm-hmm. I want to know too. How much do people at the brand care about the secondary market performance of this? Because I've heard these stories so much, and I feel like people at a New Balance, at a Nike, at an Adidas really do check StockX to see if a shoe is reselling for that much. Do you care about those types of things? Do you use that as a barometer? Yes, I definitely do care. I mean, you have to at this point. Like, I think it's one of the best free tools to like track how you're doing and then figure out, especially when these are like long-term relationships, like the resale market is so important to get right. That first drop, you have to have good resale value for the next drop. And I think it's important to monitor all that. So we do it. We monitor it a ton. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Was there one that may have surprised you on the resale value? Obviously, there's been super valuable ones lately, and there's been so many. But is there one that really surprised you? Not from like a design standpoint, but just from a, wow, this is really eye-opening to see. There's been some crazy ones. I mean, I'll say we were just talking about this, the Bodega New Balance 997S. We, yeah. It's a shoe I think we all like, but I'm so surprised. Yeah. No disrespect to Bodega because they did a great job on it. But that shoe turned into a $500 shoe, a $700 shoe on the secondary market. How did that happen? That's a good point. I think that's that was one that we were all really surprised about. I mean, I was a big fan of that model in general. I think we did a good job with that. That collaboration was just not intended to make that much noise. And right when they released that first picture on a white background, it, it was a great product shot. But right when they released that picture, it just went crazy. And it was just on a white background, like no context. But that, it was like one of the first times where we got like a, almost like a more commercial sneakerhead consumer, I'd say. Like mm-hmm. everyone down from to like a Bleacher Report was, and even like you guys, like was talking about that shoe and it Bleacher was Report, like, obviously, we're naming them as an outlet that does nothing about sneakers, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> as long as we agree on that. <laughs> or BR Kicks, or whatever you want to call it. But like when, uh, when the, never heard of it. <laughs> when someone That's like that is talking about a sneaker, someone who has basically no business talking about. <laughs> oh boy, oh, we, we agree on that, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah, keep going, keep going. Don't let him get you in trouble. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like that one was definitely crazy, and we didn't do that many pairs obviously how many pairs um like a thousand the first one was a lot of the data that we got because that was an exclusive launch so we could measure like the exact traffic that we got from that and that really informed how much we were doing for the second launch so you're actually looking at how many people landed on the website and saying this is roughly how many people want to buy these shoes we should for the next wave of shoes make around that many pairs no it's never make around that many but it's like all right let's try to fill subtract yeah at yeah. least 10 percent of that or 20 percent of that or whatnot because we're we weren't even coming close there was like eighty thousand people that tried to buy that shoe wow. in the wow. first wow. like yeah so that's all just supply and demand really the one collaboration because you said the the strategy has changed a lot where before you were just working with retailers i remember like 
in a world before all of this, I used to work at like a menswear e-commerce startup and we wanted to sell New Balance shoes and they're like, you don't have a brick and mortar, you can't sell that product. So it's like, it's it's interesting to see how much the, the product has changed. But the one shoe that I thought would have happened by now, especially with your new strategy being implemented, and I'm, you can ask, tell me maybe why it hasn't, is an Action Bronson New Balance shoe. I feel like that would do very well. He's been back on New Balance wearing Jow 992s. It feels like you're working with all these kind of like cool hip brands, Action Bronson, big rapper who authentically loves New Balance. Why haven't we seen an Action Bronson New Balance shoe yet? I did pitch it like okay. in 20... 20- 17 for the launch of Fuck Best Delicious. Ooh. But internal turned it down a bit. Uh, but with that being said, we've been talking again. So we'll see what happens. I'm glad to hear that. Are there other big projects you've pitched that never happened? That's one that I always look back on, to be honest, that never happened. But it, it, a lot of it was to do like we didn't work with any of the, these celebrities or anything. So there was no strategy against it. And it was kind of a one off thing that was. I guess people were uncomfortable about. You mean people inside New Balance? Yeah. Does that frustrate you? Because New Balance is like such like just from doing new things. There's such like a you know conservative brand of like not wanting to push the threshold too far. Like you bring these ideas to them where you're like, I want to work with this streetwear brand or this rapper, and do you get a lot of pushback from internal on that? Well, I think I used to because I was just like talking and had no now you got some hits <laughs> I, had, I was just some hits i was just talking so mm. no one had to listen really once you get some stuff in the market working people start to trust you and especially this year we've done a bunch of stuff that we were very uncomfortable with that we just took risks on that all worked out so yeah especially moving into like end of 21 22 this route of potentially talking to artists and um more individuals is definitely on our radar and we're definitely more open to it than we ever have been. So I feel like the Jaden Smith project is a big one in that realm. How did that all come together? So the Jaden Smith project originally started from the U.S. marketing team. This girl, Heather, who's actually not with the brand anymore. She brought in the whole opportunity, kind of did all the work to get him on board. And it was, it was kind of backwards because at the time we didn't have like entertainment marketing as a function. Mm-hmm. We only have like one or two people now anyways, but it was like a very much U.S. marketing initiative where they were like, we need some sort of ambassador. That's where the market was at. That's when Yeezy was going crazy. There's a few different options of people, but we landed on Jaden. And then Jaden's been signed to the brand for maybe even two years before the shoe came out. So like the product piece of his deal wasn't even like an upfront discussion. It was mm. it was once we once we kind of started the relationship, I was like, I think we should do some product with this kid. And Definitely. then when, once, like, cause, cause he came to the office, we met him, super nice kid. And like, he was so interested in everything that we were doing and like just the process of building product. And once he kind of met the product team, he was asking more questions about it. And we just, yeah, we decided to go for it. I've been trying to get Jane on sneaker shopping for years, years. Yeah? And, and I thought maybe with the New Balance collab, maybe, maybe but, Joe can make it happen. Yeah. Maybe you can make it happen. But you know, now with the pandemic, it's a lot more difficult. One artist I do want to talk about, Jack Harlow, how that came about. Was that from your side? You know, he name dropped New Balance in the What's Poppin' remix. I went to Kentucky to shoot John Calipari and in that store at Oneness, they were all talking yep. about Jack Harlow. So he seemed like he was a real sneaker guy. Talk about how that collaboration and what that looks like and how it came about. That came out like super organically because he has just been like just a New Balance head 
So he has only worn New Balance. Like there wasn't any us trying to get him to wear the product or anything. I want to say maybe a couple of years ago, he was performing in Boston at the super small venue and he just stopped by the office beforehand. Actually, yeah, like the U.S. marketing team was, was already talking to him, that same girl, Heather, which I was talking about before. She kind of had the relationship. We brought him in. We just hooked him up with a bunch of products. There's actually a picture if you go back on his Instagram in 2018 where he's outside the New Balance building with all of his homies and like mad New Balance bags and everything. It's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, it was just more of like a product merchandising relationship. Yeah, I mean, we're talking to him now to see if there's anything bigger that... Is he going to get his own shoe? Not saying that. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to make any promises on the air. We're not going to make any promises live, but... Uh, okay. No, he's definitely like super nice kid. We've, we've had a bunch of conversations. Every time he's in Boston, he stops by the office. And it's just kind of like a natural thing. We definitely trying to support him as much as possible. And his, his blow up this year has been kind of crazy. Crazy, for sure. One thing I wanted to talk about, we're talking about collaborations. All-Star Weekend, we had a whole episode with Joe Fresh Goods And All-Star Weekend in Chicago, with such Jordan legacy and things like that, you expect that Nike and Jordan are going to own the weekend. But Joe Fresh Goods and that collab, that 992, really, really was like the sleeper winner of that weekend. Talk about that collaboration and your involvement yep. with that and, and talking to Joe and then seeing it come to fruition and the response it got in Chicago. Yeah, so that one came together really quickly. We were trying to launch the Kawhi signature shoe at All-Star Weekend, and the product wasn't going to be ready in time. We were going to be able to get it on his feet, which you saw. We kind of unveiled it, but we did. We weren't able to go to retail with it. So our VP of marketing was like, we need to figure out a collaboration that has to do with All-Star Weekend. And this was in July 2019 for a February project not a lot of time anybody, anybody who's listening should know it takes yeah. usually 18 months for these things to happen yeah yeah so i was like all right i'd heard about joe in the past so just from our friend david who actually works on the product team he's, in, he's on the classics team he's the product manager he's from flint michigan he's, and he's always been being like yo joe's this guy like he's the mm -hmm. he's the next guy up whatnot so we definitely knew who he was and then we go there for complex con and then you just see it firsthand. You're like, okay, this is the guy. Like, yes, crazy lines. Every single person we talked to in Chicago, like I was like trying to just get intel from everyone. I was like, uh, who, who should we work with if we're we're gonna try to get something happening for All Star Weekend? They're like, oh, we can work with Joe. Like, it has to be Joe if you want to do something big. He's he's the guy. I was like, all right. So we went to um, Fat Tiger that weekend, and um, I was wearing the Stray Rats 990s, and the dude at the shop was like a huge Stray Rats fan. So he was like, yo, mm -hmm. those are so sick. Like I wanted to get a pair so bad, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, like, and he's like, you guys are all wearing New Balance. Like you guys work for them or something? I was like, yeah, like we're on the product team. Like I managed the collaborations and whatnot. He's like, oh, like Joe's talked about New Balance before. If you, if you want me to bring it up to him. And I was like, yeah, definitely. Two weeks later, I got a text or something from the kid in the store. And he's like, yeah, Joe wants to get on a call. So I got on a call with them and he was kind of in a relationship with adidas i'm sure you guys saw all mm -hmm. the stuff that yeah yeah recently kind, yeah. kind of kind of came out yeah, last weekend yeah. That, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. um so he was working on all of that and was having a tough time with them we'll go into all the specifics on that but i basically was like this is what we can do for you we can do a 992 uh for all-star weekend it's going to be a big moment it's the first time we've re released that that shoe you'll also get access to working with Kawhi. We want to do some sort of like lifestyle encore play 
and then just from like a relationship standpoint like we're a really small team it's just me and two other people so you'll only have to talk to me he was having some some frustrations of like having getting things approved and having so many layers within a corporate structure and whatnot so mm-hmm. he, having like one point person to talk to was like really awesome for him so he came to the office like a month later we did the 992 design like in a day and then had the full concept for the Kawhi signature shoe and then we had to pitch it to Kawhi. he approved it actually had some comments on it it actually was like the smiley face thing he really liked like the straight face so mm-hmm. there wasn't as much it wasn't like a repeat pattern at first and then we, we flipped it to that so we actually did take Kawhi's feedback on on the shoe so we, we got that approved we built the Kawhi shoe in the sample room so we could get it made it was like a three-month turnaround or something so we did small pairs on that but we had to make that in the sample room and then we made the 992 on our custom line with some other like exclusive materials, which I know, Wealthy, you've talked about on past. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about that controversy? A lot of people take some points away from the Joe Fresh Goods New Balance 992 because it was made on the New Balance custom program. Basically, they feel like it's not a full collaboration. Yeah, I don't know. I think it like the final product people are excited about it doesn't really matter if it's where it's yeah. <laughs> where it's made. Um, you couldn't remake that shoe. Like there was there were small things you couldn't actually do. Yeah. So like the pink suede on the saddle was from a previous palette that we had excess materials from. So we used that. It, it, it was all about materials we had in excess essentially at, at mm. the factory at the time could be on the factory. Right. So right. we had to turn that product around so fast. It was our only option to hit all-star weekend, which was like a crucial timing piece for, for Joe in Chicago. Yeah. Is there any plan to bring that 992 back to NB1, the customization program? Because it seems like it's been gone from there since the top of the year. And this is a, such a big moment for the 992. Yeah. Um, I don't know exactly when the custom, I mean, the whole custom line sh- shut down right now. Um, mm-hmm. But that was, that was due to COVID. There's so much demand for just gray 992 and everything. So everything is f- focused on just making our inline product right now where there's mm. better, there like that line's just not open right now. Um, so yeah, it, it will come back. I think I want to say for around holiday, but I'm not exactly sure when. We mentioned it earlier in the podcast, but you know, we have to talk about the Jown 992 being one of the bigger sneakers of the year. Lil Yachty, big fan of it. Someone maybe should do a sneaker collaboration with. I don't know if you guys have had any... Uh... He's just pitching you different <laughs> rappers to do to do uh, collabs with. Yachty said that his favorite sneaker right now is the Jown, the original, yeah, the, the first one. Yeah, I mean, did you expect the Jown 992 to be, as Brendan Dunn put it, like one of the bigger sneakers on Instagram? Uh, yeah, I did. You did. Yeah, why? I mean, why? I was surprised the first one that we did, mm-hmm. the V3, which is which was super small pairs. That was like literally kind of like a, just a test project. Okay. So we we did a lot of these like test project type things on the V3 in 2018 with like Stray Rats and Aries and Jound and whatnot. And it was all for this reason, right? It was just to like gauge the market and see mm. what the interest. And like when we saw like people willing to spend thousands of dollars on that shoe, even though there was hardly any pairs in the market, I was like, all right, we have something here. And then mm-hmm. there was just no better silhouette to do with them than the 992 they've been like representing the whole like steve jobs norm core thing their whole mm-hmm. since they've existed so like it was just very kind of like a meant to be type thing and then as soon as we got the product in the first samples everything like just color matched perfectly it was very them i don't know you kind of just know when it's going to hit i think mm-hmm. um it just fit their aesthetic really well and 
so we planned it we planned it we planned it to be as big as it as it was but i will say like from like a data standpoint on like raffle entries and stuff like that that's where i was really surprised because we didn't even come close to serving the market which is why you see resale on those going as high as they are now yeah you said the bodega eighty thousand people were trying to buy it that day let's just say it was a lot bigger than that okay not a million no okay Hundreds of thousands. Here he goes. He's going to try. <laughs> did you take some design inspiration trips up to Montreal? Were you eating steamays in the street? <laughs> I did not. Justin actually came down and spent like a day and a half in the office. And we kind of, we did everything in, in a couple of days. But yeah, no trips to Montreal, unfortunately. Do you ever worry that with these collaborations that are part of this bigger brand strategy, Jaden Smith or Jound, that you aren't as focused on the retailers who have been carrying New Balance for a long time. Do any of those retailers ever feel shafted? Maybe that New Balance cares more now about pop culture entities or design firms. Yeah, I mean, I think retailers are going to be salty every time they don't get something that they can sell well. But I also think that's like a big reason why we've been successful is like the distribution strategy behind all of this. There's no like one size fits all approach. Mm-hmm. So like every single project has a curated distribution set behind it based on the partner, which not every brand is doing right now. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons why we've been successful. Is it hard to tell people no to break it to them that, look, sorry, the strategy for this shoe does not necessarily involve your store? You would have to talk to the sales reps on those conversations because I try to leave them as the barrier. But <laughs> You blame it on them. Um, no, they can just blame it on me. And they don't have, and they don't have to kind of have the full discussion but yeah i mean that's a that's more of a sales conversation yeah i mean retail is gonna be salty but we're definitely growing it like at first a lot of these projects were like exclusive to the partner and whatnot Mm. but that was for a a lot of different reasons it was one to create a kind of special moment with them that's limited and whatnot but also like we're not paying anyone to work with us like Mm -hmm. other brands are so there has to be some sort of gain on obviously the exposure and whatnot but like the actual sales of this product is a big piece of the equation. You know, you have all these collaborative partners and like Brendan mentioned, you know, some of like are, you know, not as much retailers or entertainers who haven't been involved with the brand as long, but I feel like one of the core people that's kind of like the, I feel like the glue that's holding all of these collaborations together are the collaborations with Ronnie in Kith where like, is he viewed as kind of like the centerpiece for these collaborations and then maybe some of the other ones can branch off of it as long as he keeps like the true new balance dna to these products i don't know if i call it the centerpiece but it's definitely a big part of the equation we've kind of like broken up the whole strategy in like segments so under like the retailer segment kith is one of the only partners that we're working with and consider like a global partner not only because they they now have physical representation and the likes of Paris and London and Tokyo and whatnot, which obviously helps, but just their brand is big enough to do so. But yeah, I mean, that's like, it's definitely one of the most important partnerships we have and will continue to be that way. Like we have a lot planned for next year for their 10 year anniversary and whatnot, but next year's the 10 year anniversary of Kith already. Crazy. Yeah. 2011. Joe, where is Ronnie flying you out to for, for that? Oh, you gotta see. I don't know. I... Which Joe? It's not flying me out anywhere, that's for sure. <laughs> Same. What are the conversations like with Ronnie then, being that he's such a New Balance aficionado? Yeah, that whole relationship is just, it's different because a lot of these 
he's like, yeah, like, like you said, he's the officiant. Like he knows what he wants always kind of like going into the project, what model, and he knows all the history behind the brand. So it's a kind of a different approach where I have to do like the educating to some of these partners that just don't know New Balance that well and make, sh- and kind of position them for success, you know, like Joe, for example, Joe Fresh Goods. There's so many Joes we have. Yeah. We have Joe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like Joe Fresh Goods, for example, he didn't know anything about the 900 series and the 992 and why it was relevant. And I was like, no, I promise, like, you do this at this time and it will be a thing. He trusts me on that. But like some partners, you kind of have to lead in a certain way and some just know the history better. What is it like to manage all those personalities? Is it constant text messages at all different times of night? What is it like? And should ask my girlfriend. <laughs> is it something you love or is it something that could get, get to be a lot? Or I'm sure that it's ideas are always flowing, but for you to deal with so many different collaborators who have different tastes and are so passionate, what's it like on like a daily basis? Uh, it's very chaotic, I'd say. And sometimes exhausting, but like, yeah, I like working via text. I think it's, especially if there's like one point person, whether that's like Joe I'm talking to because we have a lot planned kind of moving forward, like every couple of days and same with Teddy and whatnot. So we have like a very smooth kind of relationship where others kind of stay strictly on email. I'm not texting with the Japanese partners that 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 often or anything like you don't have ted on speed dial no i do not have ted on speed dial. that's more of that's more of an email relationship how did that one happen because i feel like double taps is such an iconic japanese brand and just thinking about it if somebody would have asked me oh how many double taps new balances exist you would have assumed that there would have been a double taps new balance at some point over the past decade before that but double taps didn't have a new balance shoe until the 992 this year yeah that's exactly how it happened i had the same exact thinking and i hit up our key kind of people in japan i was like so uh tetsuya who's on our team from a product standpoint he's been working in new balance for like 20 plus years complete og knows everyone and he's mm-hmm. like oh yeah i know tet very well i can just ask him i'm like oh, why haven't we done this it's a home run yeah there's some political things that go along with that kind of back to your question about like the retailers that have supported you forever and and whatnot like they always get kind of priority but we had to flip the script just to provide more energy so like working with these streetwear brands is new for every region um especially in japan where like new balance has been such like a staple for so long and they do such a great job over there so like why change things when it's working but especially because it was the 992 that was going to be such a big moment in japan they were down with doing it so it all worked out What's it like for you then kind of seeing someone like Kendall Jenner wearing the Casablanca 327? Is that like planned out? Do you have to like hit her up and send the product or is that organic? That one was through Casablanca's PR agency. So the Casablanca project in general was like probably the most effort we've ever put into a PR for a collaboration Mm. project. Usually, usually like most of the stuff is organic where everything's just kind of getting picked up and you'll do a press release, but it's not much more than that. On Casablanca, they have a full PR firm and it's very kind of, it makes sense in this higher fashion space. We had two kind of PR teams going against that and they have a whole kind of celebrity agency and whatnot that they were working with to get that product on. But You were not texting with Kendall Jenner? I was not, no. Just so your girlfriend knows. Yeah. It was, uh, it was just a shot kind of in the dark, I think, like to get her 
the product. I think they reached out to a lot of people. But yeah, it was crazy to see her wearing that. That was like one of those oh shit moments. Talking about that as like an oh shit moment, is there a big difference between breaking a new silo like that with a collaboration like Casablanca versus a 992 going crazy? I'm guessing that breaking a silhouette like the 327 that we've seen all over the place, not that it's more gratifying, but it is a tougher win. Is that true? Yeah, way more gratifying. I think, I mean, something like the 992, you just need to pair the right partners at the right time and kind of like cadence it and make sure that the product's executing in a decent way where when you're trying to launch a collaboration with a new, a totally new silhouette, there's so many like uncertainties, like you don't know how people are going to respond to the silhouette in general. You have to like plan because usually those products are built on like an inline timeline, a development timeline that it's supposed to hit at a certain time. So the 327 was supposed to launch in, in like June of, mm. of 20. We had to expedite that development process like six months to get certain sizes available for runway in January, which is just like a huge undertaking from a development standpoint, a testing standpoint. We made all those pairs, like I said, in the sample room. So it's just a lot of extra effort. But yeah, to your point, I think like it's way harder to get a win. Like it has to be super right. And I think like that's why like Bodega on the 997S and Casablanca 3 to 7 are like two of my favorite projects just because those new silhouettes need that energy to get going. You have this Salehi Benberry project coming up. Is that a new silhouette or it's an older shoe with a new sole on it? Can we talk about that one yet? Yeah. So that's a shoe that we're calling 2002R. So mm. the 2002 used to be, originally was a made in US shoe. Mm. I believe it came out in 2010. We wanted to bring the silhouette back, but we couldn't manufacture it in the US based on some of the machinery and whatnot. So we built it in Asia. We would have had to reopen the tooling to make it okay. a one-to-one. And we already had that tooling that it's on uh, from the 860 V2. So the shoe that Dime did and um, we've had mm-hmm. some other iterations come out. It, it was very similar. It, it was around the same era. So we used that tooling for like the pullover stage of that shoe, like when we're getting pattern stuff back and it just looked really good. So we decided to keep it on there. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the OG colorways come out. They're launching in Japan and Asia first, which has gotten a really good response. But the first one that will come out on the US side will be Slahi's version. We're looking forward to that. I feel like we keep bringing it up in our internal Slack channel every couple of weeks. One other New Balance collaboration that we have to talk about because that's why we're here is to talk about collaborations, is the Packer 992 coming out very soon. How long has that been in the works? Was that another one where you had to shift things and, and make it work in a short amount of time, or has this been bubbling for a while? I actually didn't even directly work on that one. It's not even a true collaboration, but it's an exclusive style for Packer. Um, okay. It was a pretty quick timeline. I think maybe since the beginning of this year is when that started. Can you clarify that? You said it's not a true collaboration. It's more of an exclusive. Like, where does that line happen? It's not co-branded or anything. Got you. Because um, it doesn't have their logo on it is what you're saying. Yeah, it's just, it's an exclusive colorway, only sold to the packer. Gotcha. Got it. One of the shoes, I mean, not shoes, but one of the, we spoke about previously on the podcast was Jerry Lorenzo wearing the, yes. wearing the 327. When he posted like in the lookbook or like wearing the shoes for the fear of God, you comment on the IG posts with like two arrows or whatever. And I asked, you told us that you have a couple unnamed big partners coming up in, in the future. You said in a story that we did for complex.com, he said he just wanted some kicks from you. So you're ta- you're in conversations with Jerry Lorenzo, whether it be product or just seating shoes. 
What's it like to talk with someone like that about sneakers? Like it was interesting. I mean, he I actually got connected to him through Sharaf, who owns Casablanca. Super nice guy. Yeah, we had a kind of long conversation at one point. Yeah, we just started sending him shoes. He's a huge fan of the three two seven silhouette. So I was like, yeah, start wearing it. Helps us out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. He wore the woman's one too, right? Yeah, the yeah, the yeah. first woman's colorway, which is actually like surprisingly like one of the best received. Like we should have made that immense. The black and gray, right? Yeah. It had yeah, kind of like a metallic kind of finish on it a bit. Yeah. Anything else that you're really looking forward to that you could talk about if not again such a great summer and a great year for new balance so give us a little taste what's coming up what haven't we seen yet joe we're about to go on another run october okay. november we have a lot of stuff coming Such as um <laughs> the next a- ald project is coming out in the beginning of october which i think is going to surprise a lot of people can we talk about that you had the 1300 and that shoe was available for pre-order were you using the pre-order on that to determine how many shoes you had to make? Yeah, so it's a different type project than our other stuff. So like we have kind of a seasonal approach to the ALD partnership where we're doing a full footwear and apparel capsule campaign and everything. The 1300 was something that we did earlier and it was something we wanted a lot of people to get their hands on because a lot of people haven't got their hands on other projects. So we did a pre-sale and that will determine how many pairs we're making that will be available next spring. Last thing I just want to ask you, and I know I, I can't leave the interview without asking this question. How do you deal with the New Balance aficionados? We all know who they are, who <laughs> who see the the big hype collaborations, and maybe they want to see a European sneaker boutique revisit a collaboration from 2007. This is the guys that are in Wealthy's group chat. Yeah, is this you looking into the mirror? It's not me this looking is, into the mirror. On WeChat. <laughs> I know I know there's always a dynamic between you being the head of collaborations and these guys being the new balance outspoken um people on the internet. Yeah, I think the hide button is a good feature on Instagram. <laughs> and I think <laughs> you're out here you're out here <laughs> muting New Balance stands. <laughs> and just don't go on the New Balance forum and Nike talk. Simple. <laughs> I mean, I think we've gotten a lot more people on board with the brand than doing what we were doing before. So those same guys are still trying to get all this hype shit. They're just mad that they can't get every launch like they used to. All you got to do is mute them. Joe, thank you so much. This was great to chop it up with you. And congratulations on all the success. We can't wait till fall. It's been hell of a run lately. So uh, appreciate you joining. And Appreciate it. Yeah, another big week for you guys. Of course, yeah. You'll see some stuff in the next couple months. Appreciate you, Joe. All right. Later, guys. Thanks for having me. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by William Smith. Today's episode is edited by Shiva Bayat. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.